Every passionate follower of Jesus has a deep desire to share their faith with others. How do we make and multiply disciples around the block and around the world? How do we do it at a rate that can compete with population growth, a growing secular culture, and 40% of the world considered completely unreached? With hosts Doug Lucas of Team Expansion, Lee Wood of One Body Church, John Hirima of Big Life, Roger Shull of E3 Partners, and special guests from around the world, we'll explore how believers can come together to make more disciples. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. another episode of the more disciples podcast so this is a unique episode because we have no guests today it's just uh me roger schull with my co-host uh john harima good morning everyone doug lucas good day and lee wood hey everybody so yeah so we're doing it this way because this is actually the last episode of this season of the more disciples podcast so we'll have just a little bit of a break and come back um, in just a few weeks. So yeah, we just had a special one. We just want to talk about what have we been seeing God do? What have we been learning about? What have we um, been seeing in the movement world? Maybe have we seen uh, the podcast uh, impact us and, and other people? So Lee, you've been working on a movie. Why don't you start out and tell us about that? Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, the documentary is nearing um, completion and it includes um, many of the guests that we've had on the podcast, and it's really an effort um, in a documentary to model um, what disciples, multiplying disciples in churches in a North American context is. And uh, when we come back, that'll sort of coincide uh, with the release of that documentary. Um, So one thing I've been learning is that we can, can use a virtual space to effectively connect communicate and collaborate with one another. So that's been um, super encouraging. Um, I know a number of people that have been strengthened, have been encouraged. Um, Those are biblical things. Um, So we've been able to use that this as a tool um, to be a blessing and to receive a blessing from one another. And that goes all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant and multiplication. So those are some things that I see of um, how God is using the we um, on here and our guest um, and the, um, the, and the podcast. Lee, uh, I've, I've got to confess, you have shown me some footage from that documentary and I got to say, I think Netflix is going to want it. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's a great production. It's not one of these half-hearted deals that you do, you know, with your, you know, your wife's cell phone or something. I mean, this is a really well done documentary. I think you guys are going to love it. As this uh, podcast releases, we will have just uh, done the fourth uh, in a series of four conferences that while we've been doing these podcasts, guys, that I've been working on and I got to tell you, it's kind of a mixed, a mixed bag for me. Um, what we're talking about in these conferences called Multiply Us, Multiply Us, and they are also shared right here in the same uh, platform, More Disciples. These Multiply Us uh, conferences have focused on uh, how do existing local churches in North America embrace and apply and implement disciple-making movement strategies like the ones we've been discussing on these podcasts. And it's really cool because when we when we hear people, our guests that we've had over this past season, I don't know, 20, 25 episodes, maybe counting this one, so 24 
24 prior episodes, all of them have been super exciting. And they're, they're all kind of like success stories. And to me, they're like blips on the radar of an otherwise, I hate to use the word disturbing, but it is kind of disturbing to me that so, so, so many existing local churches either haven't heard about disciple making movement strategies and therefore not implementing them or they've heard about them and they're scared of them because they think somehow they'll lose control uh, as these groups start to multiply kind of out of control they're they're afraid those people will be out on the fringes maybe because of doctrinal you know heresies that'll enter or because of uh, the people won't give the offering anymore or because uh, they'll end up being in some other church somewhere you know I don't know what it is but it, it's kind of in a way like they're missing out on a blessing so one of the things I've been working on over this last entire nine months while we've been doing these podcasts is I've been exploring, local churches asking them, do you want to try this? Do you want to try this? And I got to say, I am finding blips in which local churches will say, yes, I just got a call yesterday from a guy and he said, yeah, we're in our fifth generation in this stuff, Doug, that, that I, I went there and I did a conference and about 110 of their members came to it. He said, we're in our fifth generation. That is such a unique blip on the whole wide spectrum of congregations. So guys, I, I continue to, I continue to wonder how in the world we can get all of the existing churches in North America to embrace this and not miss out on the blessing. So that's, that's one thing that to me is a real mixed bag. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome now that we start getting a few of those uh, churches that are actually doing it that trust the Lord and, and give us a model for yeah. others to see that That's right. you know one, one of the one of the questions i always get from from staff members are we're not going to have anything to do if we send everybody out and it's like <laughs> we have no idea how busy you're going to be pouring into the people who are making disciples who make disciples so yeah that's exciting yeah. i think the other thing that um has been really cool is just getting some of the feedback uh, from That's folks true. who've watched these uh, these earlier episodes, and you know, the one thing that I've heard several times from folks is, you know, it really is much simpler than I thought. <laughs> oh, that's and it's good. much easier to get started than I thought. That's and, good. And um, the fact that that's you know that's being unveiled and and people are starting to understand that uh, I think is a huge blessing, and hopefully, more people will be uh, jumping in. You're right, John. Yeah, I actually um, just two or three weeks ago got connected to some college students uh, who when we when we first met just started talking because they were looking for some people in their area who um, were also doing movement works and one of the first things I said like oh yeah in your podcast you said this or in, in that so I thought it was really cool how the podcast has been impacting uh, people from different walks of life but I think it can easily I mean the hope is to create more connections like not that we would you know, it'd be like our podcast, but it'd be something where it can foster people learning about disciple making movements, but also foster new connections and collaborations. Because even those folks, you know, now I connected with them and could connect them to people who are more uh, local to them to hopefully spur on the work. So that was kind of exciting to hear more recently. I think occasionally I do hear more and more people saying like, oh, yeah, I heard this on the podcast. What do you think there in this? So, so it is kind of cool to see how God is. Is. is reaching people. And also just, I think the, I think the, um, what you guys are saying just about how we're trying to impact the North American context. I don't know if you guys saw a recently published study, um, that found that less than half of Americans now for the first time, like ever recorded less than half of Americans say that they are a part of any sort of religious congregation. And so, uh, just kind of, 
the reality of the state of the church in America is, is, is what it is, but just praying that God would, would change that, um, soon. And so hoping that thing like the conferences that you're talking about, Doug, or this podcast or other ways might be means for helping influence culture in that direction. Maybe. So I think that's part of, of who we are and, and what we're doing. I saw that same study by, by Barna Roger. And then I think about some of the guests that we have that are hearing, obeying and spreading because, that's what it is, is we're hearing, we're obeying, we're spreading. And um, so we had Burke on and we had Guy on and we had Bill Lakey on. And those are like, that's New Jersey, um, North, South Carolina, North Carolina, right, Roger? Burke, North Carolina, yep. Texas. And Doug, what you're doing, like in your context. So we're doing both and. And they're being able to see that. We had Dorian, the same thing, Channel Church in San Francisco. So San Francisco all the way to New Jersey, to Texas, and we're getting to model that. So I'm tremendously encouraged. And I think one thing that I see more and more, because we're so spread out and we all make up that global or national ecclesia, in our case, the church, right? The more visible that that becomes can be heard and seen, then we will begin to have more midterm to, to, to um, late term adopters uh, pursuing multiplying disciples and churches. So I'm tremendously yeah. encouraged by you guys as being able to co-labor in this, in this space toward um, doing that. That's, it's like a massive answer um, to prayer. Um, for me and just um, on the last episode of the season, so to speak, just tell you guys how honored I am to, to co-labor um, with you and that um, I love you guys. We appreciate you, Lee. You have been uh, kind of, in a way, the driving force behind reawakening this More Disciples podcast. As you know, after about whatever it was, 35 episodes, it had gone really, 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 really dampened. And we, we'd we gone too long without releasing another. And you came and said, hey, let's, uh, let's do this, Doug. Let's wake this back up in a big way. And in a way, you brought the life that we needed to. You know, I was thinking about from that very first episode that we did with Curtis, one of the things that struck me about that first episode with Curtis was how, like you said, I believe, uh, Roger, were you the one that was saying how simple it is? Uh, some of your friends had remarked how simple it is. And that's kind of what struck me about that first episode with Curtis. He didn't really dwell on a bunch of uh, gimmicks or formulae, formulae, you know. He instead focused on the simple things of, boy, if we just you know, uh, get right with God ourselves. If we just mm. focus on following Jesus ourselves, uh, Lee, I know you're always putting it like that phrase. If, if we'll just take care of the depth, God will take care of the breadth. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we serving one another? How are we building community? Some of those things that Curtis said, those are some of those simpler, simpler principles. And I think that mm-hmm. was a great way to start the second season of more disciples podcast, because everybody's looking for the practical formula, aren't we? We're all, we're all wanting to know what's the, what's the five step fix to get this going. And I really love the way Curtis brought it back to, well, guys, at the end of the day, it's about burning with a passion for Christ so that others will, mm-hmm. others will catch fire. And I don't know about you, John, but I, I continue to see that as that really is the answer. I agree. And, you know, I think the exciting thing is it is starting to become people's DNA. 
you know, they, uh, it's not something they turn on or turn off, you know, when they, you know, but, but they wake up in the morning passionate about seeing those around them, their sphere of influence, you know, running to Jesus and, and his name being shouted from the rooftop. So I, I, that's, you know, one of the things that the simplicity of this, there's really no excuse. And, uh, I think again, you know, we've talked about in the past, but, you know, I think we're, we're called to be faithful and, and people sometimes get a little, um, discouraged if they, if they try to be too effective because mm. we don't have control over that. You know, we don't have control over who Lord, who the Lord's going to draw to himself, but we do have control about being faithful each and every day and going out and sharing what the Lord's done in our lives and, and obviously sharing the truth with people and, and let the Lord do the rest. So it's exciting that people know now that, you know, they don't need a seminary degree. They don't need to be discipled by someone for forever. You know, keep on waiting for that next trick or gimmick to uh, to have the secret potion, but they can just go out and start sharing their own testimony today and start making an impact. So that's right. Well, well I think that is something that I've learned from just movements over time. Like the principles are simple. The practices are simple. They're just difficult or maybe hard to carry out. You know, it's not difficult to 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 think about or to learn, but maybe it just emotionally just, just doing it and being faithful over time. Like you said, John is, is more the the thing that um, I'm learning is, is really what's needed. And actually one thing that I learned from this podcast and one of our guests, uh, Neil Karsten, how he talked about counting the costs and how Amen. helping disciples do that. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, it just, pretty hard sayings and just get, but it's out of love and, and being clear, like, this is what you're walking into. Are you ready for it? And just even recently, like we're in 2021 now and, and for several months, there's been multiple on multiple fronts, seeing different things happen to disciples, to leaders and my own personal ministry um, that are negative. And, and it's kind of maybe not been discouraging, but just kind of like stressful of like, man, how to fix this. And I was talking with a brother a few weeks ago who talking with him about this. And he was like, Oh, it sounds like you're under spiritual attack. And I was like, why have I not thought of that before? Like, it's so obvious. Yes. I've just been thinking in the physical realm. Oh, this person has health issues. This person's schedule is messing up. This person's X, Y, and Z thing. But, uh, even just, uh, the church now pressing into some of those things that just like praying in spiritual attack and seeing yeah. God move in those ways and, and start to change people's hearts and change what's going on and just change the atmosphere has been really awesome to see in the last few weeks. I think that's just an example of how it's yeah. like, that's a really simple thing. Be in prayer, be fasting, be abiding in Christ, pray against spiritual attack because it's going to come. But it's uh, more difficult just to stay faithful with every time, you know, You're that so day right. in and day out, communing with Jesus. Have, and we have a good friend who, uh, who's been doing this for years, and, and they say, you know, this is the messiest thing we've <laughs> ever done in our life. It's one of the hardest things we've ever done in our life. But it's also the most rewarding thing we've ever mm. done in our life because it never gets old to see the Lord show up and just do things that you never expected before mm. and to be able to see the way he draws people to himself. So, yeah, it's, it's simple, but doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. Yeah. yeah, I think in our context, if we think about a North American context, um, that this is relatively newer right. to what we're pursuing in North America. And so... Um, almost everything, you know, I, I get was just Curtis loving me and pouring into me. Right. And it, it didn't work because of um, Roman numeral one, A, B, C, like the structure of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was Curtis loving me yeah, and knowledge of a better way or dissatisfaction with the present system, knowledge of a better way, mm-hmm. knowledge of first steps 
in greater measure than the inertia. And we're living into those things and it's really chaotic and it's really messy, but we're beginning to see just like the wind blows a tree. We're beginning to see that in our context and it's spread out over geographical areas. But that's one of the things that I learned, like John is saying, is just living into that and being faithful into that because God is faithful. He gives the increase. And uh, I was on a call with um, some leaders of the North American facilitation team for 2414 um, yesterday. And um, I spent like one to two minutes on vision. And I and one thing that I've learned is like the same Holy Spirit that moved upon the face of the deep at creation is the same Holy Spirit that's moving upon us in Acts 1-8. After wow. the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me um, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the world. So one thing I've learned more and more is like it, it is really hard, but it, there's such joy in it. But you have to have upon before you have unto. And if you try to do unto, do the stuff without having upon, then like it's horrible. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. We can't produce movement. We can't make this happen. It has to be the spirit of God. Um, it's like the Holy Spirit, the wind blows where it listeth. You can't tell where it's going to, where it's coming from. That has to be in and upon us individually and collectively as members of his body. But we're beginning to see, praise the Lord, um, that work happening in our own country. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. Wow. That's well said. Lee, you guys have taught me a lot just by the way you're, you just have a natural curiosity. So when we have a guest, some of the questions you ask just help, uh, help me to be able to learn what that guest is involved in. And I got to say, one of the things that I've noticed, and like I said, these last nine months trying to figure out how do we help local churches in North America embrace this, it's almost like uh, it's introduced to me the science of change and how mm. change happens. And Lee, you kind of brought that up with those that cycle that you bring up that Curtis talks about in uh, people being willing to accept change. And this, this uh, case study keeps coming back in my memory. I don't know if I've mentioned it to you guys before, but it was a book I read way back in the late eighties and I've got to look up the book again, but evidently this hardware store owner was on board a ship in the middle of the Pacific ocean. Maybe I've mentioned this to you guys before. And he started noticing that just naturally when the ship would go up and down, uh, these guys would try to tr pull the trigger on their on their uh, big cannons on the ship there. They'd try to pull the trigger right before the ship would pitch and yaw into the path in which their gun would be aimed at the target. And this was incredibly instinctual to try to learn this instinctive because there were no there was no way they could actually keep their sights on the the actual target. They had to guess when the ship would hit a wave and and the gun's path would move into the sights, the target. And this hardware store owner was watching this and he went to his uh, captain of his gunnery uh, unit and he asked if he could have permission to innovate and make a crank so that the gunner could be taught 
to crank it. And the the guy said, well, I'll write the Pentagon and, and ask permission, but we normally don't adapt weapons while we're a ship at sea in the middle of a war. And this was in the middle of World War II in the Pacific Theater. So he wrote the Pentagon. They didn't even write him back. So finally, this guy, who the captain of the ship, in fact, they took it to the captain, and he was a bit of a renegade captain, as I recall. The captain finally said, look, go for it. We, we need to increase our hits. We need to improve our target accuracy. So go for it. And right there at sea, while the war is going on, this guy is inventing this crank that would essentially let them stay on the site of, of the target while the ship is pitching and yawing. And the guy called it movable site gunnery. He, he, he kind of, it was a hardware store owner. And all of a sudden in one giant, like, you would have to say it was like a sea change. It was a complete sea change. Their percentage of target hits just went, just increased by volumes with the invention of this thing. So they wrote the Pentagon back again and the Pentagon still didn't answer them. (laughs) So finally the captain of the ship was just a renegade enough. He wrote the president and I forget which president it was at the time, but sure enough, the president got this guy's he sent paper targets apparently and he got this guy's packet and he sent it over the Pentagon and said, get this guy here. And the Pentagon got this note from the president and they actually had to follow orders. They flew the captain and the hardware store owner all the way to Washington DC from Shipside. They flew them there and they set up, believe it or not, this true story. They set up a platform beside the Potomac river and they simulated the movement of the plywood because the president wanted to see it for himself. And of course the Pentagon came. This resulted in a Navy wide refitting of all the guns in the Pacific ocean to use this new movable site concept because they saw what a neat concept it was. And some people look back at the war, the Naval war in the Pacific, and they say that was the moment that the tide changed. And I think about some of our guests and I realize they're not the uh, seminary professors that you hear about in books. They're not like mega church pastors. Most of our guests are people. I mean, take this Victor John guy. He's, he's a guy in India, far away from the headquarters of Christendom. And how many people was it? I mean, I have to look up to be sure. Was it 20 million? Yeah. 20 million disciples in his movement. He's like that guy in the middle of the Pacific ocean, but we can no longer ignore what God is doing there in his midst. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think that's awesome. I thought you were going to roll up your sleeves and show us your guns there for a minute. But, uh, <laughs> but that, you know, that's the beauty of this thing is, you know, there it was a hard st- hardware store owner. But, you know, even through scripture for disciple making, for making kingdom impact, you know, how many times is it the last person you'd ever that's expect? Right. That is you know, right. Praise God, because I'm I'm the last person I'd ever expect. But you know, you look at Mark five and the demon possessed man, or or even John four and the woman at the well. It's the last people you ever expect that the Lord uses to go turn these you know areas upside down for Him. And I think that's the uh, the encouragement for all of us that no matter who we are, no matter how unworthy we think we are, the Lord can use us. So and good. that's how you start that's seeing right. these movements started. You know, from that's the right. organic level Amen. all the way from the ground up. That's right. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, actually, uh, so uh, just switching gears a little bit, I, I want to know what you guys think. Uh, just the last part of our podcast, maybe we could kind of dream out loud for what what will come in the next season of the More Disciples podcast. Like, what what do we look forward to seeing? What do we wish for God to do? You know, like we said, we're going to, when we launch the next season, 
we're going to have the documentary that Lee, Lee and Doug were alluding to uh, come out. So that's that's something to look forward to. But I think, you know, one thing that I look forward to covering on our, on our podcast in the future is getting an update on just what is happening in the terms of movements yes. globally and reaching Good. people, um, which we just briefly talked about when we were just before the podcast. So I'm a researcher at heart and I, I, researchers in the movement world don't necessarily get love all the time, actually. No increasingly more so though so i'm excited to have some of even the the researchers who are looking at that and who can tell us exactly you know the number of movements how many people are being reached where it's you know where is it across the globe where are the gaps left i would love to see us have a few guests who can kind of give us a picture of that and i don't and if there's anyone who can give us an update on that for specifically the north north american context as a whole i think that would be awesome but what would be some what would be some topics that you would like to see covered or maybe some guests that you'd like to see on for you guys? So I totally um, apostolically the person that's out there that um, is, you know, not ready, aim, fire, just fire, fire, fire. Did we hit anything yet? <laughs> and um, <clears throat> that's more me. What I love and the same thing as I finally learned, Roger, is like what you're talking about is we have to know where it's at and that God gives that increase. That's encouraging. He gets glory for that. So I I love like you and Nathan Vinton and, and others that God gifted that way that he puts together. So I think part of the podcast and what you're talking about, part of the beauty of it is that we can hear is that we are, um, we can get those reports, so to speak, on the podcast and to spread that broadly to say, hey, way to go, praise the Lord. Yeah. And then also have eyes to see where it's not, where the gaps are at. So I'm super excited to be able to have some of those um, guests on with those giftings and hear yeah. sort of what God is doing, has done, um, both in North America and globally. So I'm, I'm with you, man. Yeah. And with that, I would love to, to see this. If we get people talking about where are the gaps, both maybe even North America and globally, I know we had Daniel on talking Mm -hmm. about mobilizing and doing the same movement work in the United States as well as internationally. And I know we've talked about that several times doing the same thing here or there, but I'd love to even see if we could get guests that are in those, maybe high need areas and just saying who are already trying to pursue movement work and say, Hey, what is going on? Just, and and just to kind of cast vision for those areas for any listeners who are maybe praying about moving overseas. I would love to see some of that. That's um, good. So we can even start mobilizing to those gaps. You're right. And the interaction between listeners has been great. You guys have already alluded to it, but for me, I think it's important for our, our, our partners who are our listeners, our viewers, uh, to understand that they can interact with us and that the comments they make do matter. I remember mid-season, I got this note from a young lady who was in Central Asia saying, hey, I'm enjoying the podcast, but you don't ever seem to have any ladies on it. It just so happened, thank the Lord, the next guest was going to be a a, a lady, a, a single young woman. And so I was able to write her back and that helped me feel a little less guilty. But it did help us then shape some of the direction we go. So I think that's something I'm looking forward to is being able to respond to some of the questions that come. I'm also looking forward, uh, Roger, I think your idea is great to have a researcher at heart that comes on and updates us. That's a beautiful idea. I also just look forward to more of the same. I think about some of our guests. I was just looking back. Uh, remember uh, Trevor and Booty who spoke from live from the nation that has the most Muslims 
of any nation in the world. And I love that idea that we can have people are at the scene. I, I think about you, Roger. I think you were the one maybe who, who put us in touch with Burke, uh, being mm-hmm. able to bring him yep. in. And he's not in the place where they're most Muslims, but he's in that whole research triangle, you know, universities and lots of students and being able to learn from what he's doing and being able to see uh, becoming doers, not just hearers. Uh, I think about all the guests we've had, Jim McKnight and uh, think about Guy down in Houston. And you already mentioned Bill and Neil and Daniel, but I think about, uh, remember Benjamin, uh, who who is able to speak to us about these fishing trips he goes on. And obviously, Lee, you brought in Damien, uh, you know, the concept mm-hmm. of trying to figure out how we help local churches embrace this. That was extremely interesting, too. And then Troy, uh, boy, mm-hmm. what a bunch of waves Troy is making, right? And mm-hmm. then, uh, of course, Chris and Philip, we were able to do that together. That was fun because the remember that they had the two baseball caps. Remember that episode? Yeah. And, and, uh, then and glasses. Eric, and glasses, that's right. <laughs> Good. And then remember Eric talked about uh, Zume. And I think also um, he talked about the idea of going into prisons. And I just love that idea of getting updates on how the Zume concept of doing, especially because now we've taken Zume and repackaged it a little bit for the local church in this concept of tea groups. And there are some churches starting to experiment with that. And then Austin and Lindsay, that was fun to have a husband and wife. And then Becky doing the whole sports thing. I'm looking forward to more of the same, you know, folks who are who are like this, actually implementing it in whatever world they're in. John, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I think it'd be cool if we could have maybe one episode or a portion of one episode where maybe a couple of the listeners who have have watched these uh, been encouraged to go out and start making, you know, making themselves available to be a part of movements in their areas and just hear some of the feedback from them and how it's going and and, you know, how they how they are motivated to get started and do that. That's, That's right. a great idea to actually yeah. have some guests on Let's that started as podcast listeners Let's or viewers. That's cool. a great, that's Gotta a great idea. I think the continuing diversity that we've been yes. able to have men, women, different ethnic, different ethnicities yes. and how that's, um, uh, neither Jew nor Greek male yep. nor female, female bond or free to continue um, that picture of that because we're doing it with 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 one another yeah that's right yeah and with this these things that we're talking about i love that idea john of having listeners on that's really awesome but there is a more disciples.com um, that you can go visit and scroll down to the bottom of the page there's a contact us that's right. uh, link and so be sure to go to that if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover or if like what that's doug right. said you had, you had a young woman say, Hey, why don't you have any women on there? And we'd be like, Oh yeah, let's do it. We're having one tomorrow, but, uh, we can have, uh, we can, we can, we love to respond to those things as well. So we read them. We actually read them. Those don't go to some pile somewhere. You know what else we ought to do, Roger, before we go any farther, we ought to thank, uh, Carla, our producer. Uh, we yeah. ought to thank JC who takes care of uh, actually promoting in social media. Absolutely. We ought to thank Brandon who tirelessly uh, takes care of all the tech. He's right there in the background right now monitoring this and makes it into something that we can put on YouTube and on these podcast mm-hmm. platforms. Those guys took what we were trying to do early on and they just helped us vault uh, to a whole different level. And we're very grateful to all of them as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. When I think about uh, going into the next season, I also think about uh, the determination that this takes. I don't know anybody that's involved in movements, but what they haven't told us, boy, you cannot 
quit when the first group dismantles. I know right now <laughs> I've had three churches in a row that have basically tried this and three churches in a row that have said, oh my goodness, Doug, this is so much work. We just don't have time. Yeah. And it can be frustrating to have a group tell you, boy, this more disciple stuff, making disciples who multiply, this takes a big whack of our time. How do you expect this in the North American context when we're so busy to be able to do this? And it can be so discouraging. And all I can say is, guys, we got to keep reminding ourselves and our listeners, we cannot give up. We've just got to keep being determined and keep, like you say, Lee, keep doing what we're doing because... Well, not only we hope and pray we're going to get better at it, but also there is going to be fruit at the end of the day because there are going to be groups that collapse, but at the end of the day, one of them is going to work and we're looking for the one that's fruitful. We're not looking for the many, right guys? Yeah, it's embracing that filter, you know, finding which ones to pour into. But, um, you know, I think it's also we have to reprogram ourselves and and those around us because in the West we have defaulted to that whole effectiveness thing and, and, yeah. and the busyness thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you read scripture, it, it was as as they went. You know, I mean, right. um, as you go, make disciples. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's right. just a total reprogramming. That's right. I don't yeah, want to be um, redundant, but going back to that theme of the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. Uh, John talks about it as lifestyle, but um, we we tend to do this, like we make a fist and you feel that, and then you open your hand. I call this getting to free. The more that we can get to free and not be production-based, and this is really hard, um, that's really one of the challenges. And I think we get to model um, that we're living into that with one another and being able to share that. But um, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives the increase. And um, while it's difficult, while it's difficult, um, there's a freedom inside of these patterns that we that we live in obedience to Jesus mm, as true. our King. Good and the more that we do that, the more fruit we can bear that He bears through us. And that's what we're trying. We're attempting, um, not that we're great at it, but we're attempting to model that for you to be able to hear it and for you to be able to see it in this virtual space. So again, I am not um, discouraged. I'm super excited because I'm seeing and hearing things that I've never heard and seen in a North American, in a North American context. And um, I believe by the grace of God, um, part of that is our obedience um, on this podcast with one another. There's no doubt. Absolutely. The last couple of episodes we've had with Roy uh, have just reminded us the idea that we've got to find a way to help the local church. I don't know, I guess, Roger, you were the one who first referred to that latest Barna study. We've got to find a way to help the local church embrace this in their social networks. Like you were saying, John, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we can put it into context enough. I don't know if we can say it often enough that 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 Great Commission scripture really is helping us to figure out we got to help people reach their own social network, their own uh, coin, their their own, uh, you know, household, so to speak. Uh, Oikos, we've got to figure out how to do that or else we'll never, we'll never penetrate all those last fringes of people that we can't meet because we don't know them. Yeah, I think about, um, I've got some friends from from Houston, Travis and Jenny, I was talking with, I think Travis, they they both vocationally 
don't have a ministry job. And I said something about, oh yeah, full-time ministry work. And he was like, or full-time missionary. And and he was like, I'm a full-time missionary. I was like, well, you work, you work for the Air Force. He was like, yeah, I'm a full-time missionary who gets my bills paid from the Air Force. That's awesome. You know? And so I think that's kind of what you're saying, Doug, is like, how can we, and they are, I mean, that's a lot of their disciples come from the workplace or just like, you know, reaching out to their kids parents that are on the same sports team and now they're seeing generations from that so i i agree like how can we get this shift from thinking like oh it's the the ministry work is something i do for two hours once a week or something to like no this is our lifestyle of, of being Amen. a disciple who makes disciples and seeing all those opportunities that god presents uh in every sector of life whether it be at home at work at play That's i'm gonna um, have for next to tee this up a little bit we're working on multiplying disciples churches and businesses because that dynamic of seeing having some business owners that are pursuing this and actually realizing that community emerges like that community emerging and that looks different from the system or what we're sort of used to as church as we know it and us being able to share um, some of those businesses that are operating that way as disciples and churches because churches are people they're not buildings and so actually seeing even the economic um, transformation of every believer being a missionary because Spurgeon says that I love that quote. He says, every Christian is a missionary or an imposter. And so what you just shared there, Roger, like um, that, that that's powerful. If we view ourselves that way as missionaries, as disciples, every one of us, Mm -hmm. then that goes into the marketplace. And that's where love is manifest. I think too, is in that marketplace by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. The more that that grows, we're going and growing. So um, I think one thing next year is we'll have some um, businesses that are pursuing DMM um, and CPM in a North American context. Marketplace, as well. marketplace ministry stuff. That's great, yeah. Lee. And you, I look you know, forward to that. Yeah. You know, one thing that I can't get out of my mind is Dominic's uh, emphasis about persecution. As we record this episode today, I think I can mention it because this will be released sometime later. But as we record this episode, one of the families with whom we've been working is scheduled to go in front of the judge for sentencing. Mm. And the, the charge is literally, uh, changing faith, uh, changing faith to, to become believers. And that's, that's the, uh, charge. And you know what, if that's the charge, then they're basically saying, okay, you're right. We're guilty. That's what they're doing. They, they've not been willing to back down on their, on their belief. And I really admire them for that because two of the people that were charged with them did that and were released. And this family, they have not been willing to change. And then the second charge is telling other people about it. And once again, they've got the goods on them. They have absolute proof on this family that they were sharing it. And I can talk about it in this broadcast because by the time it's actually aired, something will have happened. But as they go before the judge, literally today, I think about, wow, you know, in the United States, Canada, here in North America, we don't ever have that. We have different kinds of of persecution in a way, maybe in the marketplace, like you say, Lee, people make fun of us because of something, maybe in the school or maybe on our neighborhood, we get made fun of because of a certain stand. But it's not like we're going for, for a judge and the judge lecturing us that it is against the law 
here to change faith. And I don't know why you thought you could do it. And they're going to be sentenced and nobody knows what the sentence is going to be. But it's a scary day for us. And I hope we can pray like Dominic wanted us to pray for those who are being persecuted. And boy, if we can somehow realize at great cost, they still try to reach their oikos, their infrastructure, their family, the people they know at great cost. How much the more so, John, should we try to do it in our country, right? Amen. Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> you know, we're afraid of offending people here and, you know, other places in the world, they're leaving their house every morning, not showing if sure if they're going to return. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, the crazy thing about the people who face the greatest persecution, you know, overseas that, that we see day to day and, and, and have conversations with daily is, you know, that they, they, their mindset is don't pray for the persecution to stop. Persecution leads to opportunity. Pray that we'd have strength through the persecution. And to have that kind of heart saying, you know, to have that kind of trust to say, okay, Lord, what, whatever it takes to, to be glorified in this situation, but, you know, just give us the strength so that we can bring glory to you through these new opportunities. So, yeah, it's a totally different mindset than what we have here. Where we're worried about uh, being politically correct. Right. Well, it's, uh, that seems like a, a good way to close out this episode and the season, just a call to persevere, to even yeah. consider the costs and what yeah. are the costs to us uh, in North America versus in a different context where persecution is a lot more uh, yeah. tangible and real and daily. So yes, thankful for all the people who do the behind the scenes production. Thankful for my co-hosts, Doug and John and Lee. It's been fun. It's been fun to put these out weekly. And, uh, and for our guests, for, th- thankful for all of our guests, right, Roger? Yeah, all yes, guests, absolutely. Even more thankful for our guests. I'm thankful that you are. And viewers listening and viewing and and definitely we're praying that this is a blessing for you guys and that it will be something that helps uh, people make more disciples as the podcast is named so yeah thanks everyone for good season god bless thanks how are you making more disciples what problems have you encountered what successes have you celebrated what questions do you have Share your stories with us by visiting moredisciples.com slash contact. If you're looking for next steps on growing your ability to make and multiply disciples, visit moredisciples.com to find resources, tools, and events all designed to help you make more disciples. 